The Mothership Podcast is sponsored by Hawaii Surrogacy Center. Start your family with Hawaii's leading surrogacy agency. start off by saying happy new year to you and we hope that 2022 is going well so far i know it was kind of bumpy especially with all these questions about like the omicron and whatever 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 but here we are in 2022 so far so good for me and my family um we didn't travel we just kind of like stayed here and just kind of kept it tight and you know did our own thing uh knows how's 2022 going for you so far, so good. I'm looking forward to it being better as we go through it. And now I know how to say that word, Omicron. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. It's There's Omicron, so many versions. Omicron. There's so right. many versions. I know. <laughs> Jeez. And then you know what? Just looking ahead, uh, I just heard that Punahou Carnival, they're going to be limiting and changing its carnival this year to only Ohana. So we're going to have to find a way to get the grinds from somebody that we know from Punahou. Oh, well, don't you guys... Well, our get you guys. You're you went to Marinol, so your yeah. school is pretty much neighbors <laughs> to Punahou. You guys should get like. <laughs> well, well, we, yeah, in exchange, yeah, in exchange for the parking, right? That that's that's what we can kind of do in exchange for parking. Yeah. Well, you know what? We're talking about 2022, and it's been a good year for. Colin Hazama. Okay, Chef Colin Hazama, I can say that much because he made us all proud in his strong showing on a new nationally televised cooking show called Alex versus America. He competed in a competition using shellfish, I understand, as the main ingredient in the premiere episode that aired on Discovery Plus. We were totally rooting for you, Colin Hazama. He joins us right now on Mothership. Thanks for joining us, Colin. And a fellow Spartan, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Marino Spartan. <laughs> Way to represent. So what, Colin? Were you nervous or what on the show? Oh, obviously, always. You know, I mean, it's it's kind of funny because when you do these shows, you you think that it's going to be, you know, ready to go. You're all, you know, set. Of course, you know, you're going to be a little bit anxious. But at the same time, yeah, the nerves go through you. But when that clock hits, you kind of have to just... I guess, tune it out because the actual time that they give you is really legit. Like it's really on the clock. So. <laughs> and how much time was that, Colin? Like typical well, com competition? So the Alex versus America, the first round, um, I think we had 35 minutes and um, for the, to make a dish. And what's, what's awesome about it is it's kind of like, in a way a little bit like how they do iron chef where you have like hidden basket things but each item they chose um 
so Chef Alice got to choose the first round, obviously, because it's her show. But uh, the first one, there's, there was four different things that they had to, uh, she got to choose from. So, you know, one was a, the type of shellfish. Then the second item was, it was a canned goods. So it was a canned good item. So it was either crab meat, um, oysters, canned oysters, or I think it was canned clams. And so she chose, we went with the canned oysters, um, or she went with the canned oysters. And then the second one was about, um, my third one was, I think the third item was, oh, I can't remember. Oh, it was um, using a dish. It was either a bowl or a plate. And so she let us choose. So we, we went with the bowl. And then I think the fourth item was the time. And so she chose, I think it was like 40 minutes or something like that, or 35 mm -hmm. minutes. I don't know. You you might you might I don't know if you had an edge though, kind of sort of because or maybe you felt more comfortable with it because you have a, like a a seafood background and I know you love the ocean. I seen you like posting, you know, you spearing fish and all that and catching fish, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I love I love you know I go spear fishing, I go diving, and um, does your husband dive or is it your brother in law or someone? I think. Yeah, no, my husband, um, he he loves to fish. Yeah. And then Noli's husband also likes to um go for taco, right? Right, Noli? I'm more of a taco diver. And I like that because it's a little safer, right? Than yeah. fishing. But um, I see that big fish. Is that a Noki up behind you? Yeah, that's oh, uh, nice. That's, that's one of my um that's my largest ulu that I, I speared and landed, but wow, um, huge. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, a little bit of background about Colin for the folks listening. He's not only an ocean lover and, and really active, uh, you know, outside of the kitchen, but, you know, I actually was first introduced to him as, when he was the executive chef at the Royal Hawaiian, and he was the youngest, right? You were the youngest executive chef at Royal Hawaiian, right, Colin? Um, yeah, that's, that's what they say in, in, in the history of when I first got the opportunity in the position, I was about 33 years old. And, um, you know, I just, I was just lucky and honored that I worked through the Kyoyo hotels and, you know, back then it was Starwood hotels and then Marriott took over, but it was just definitely a great, um, time and opportunity to have, I kind of worked my way through the kitchen. Um, I first actually worked at Rumfire back in 2007, we opened up Rumfire and, um, and so that, you know, it just was a great thing, opportunity that they had an opening that they wanted me to transition the menus and transition the, the feel at the Royal Hawaiian. And because I was always kind of mentored and embraced to kind of showcase and use a lot of the local ingredients and work with the farmers. Um, I basically transitioned out a lot of the, the menus and kind of what the feel was. Um, at one point in time, I was, I came back to Sheraton. Um, I worked in Kauai for a couple of years and I came back to Sheraton to run all the banquet events. And so that actually might, I actually might have met you back then, Stephanie, back um, uh, when we, when you hosted or did, I think you hosted the events at, uh, for the Marino um, um, Kekumano dinners. And so that's when I think I met you. I think this is in early 2010 or something like that, or 2011 oh. or something. I was, I was just seeing you grow. <laughs> It's, it's really impressive. Um, you know, we, we asked um, Colin for some information so that we could introduce him properly. And, and just reading about your background, it's so impressive. I mean, you even worked at Gary Danko. Is that how you pronounce it in San Francisco? Yeah. I ate there. It's such an exclusive 
high maka maka restaurant and so that's kind of where you you kind of got your start or and then you you moved around yeah oh actually i first started when i was at, at marino i got an opportunity with chef alan wong and i he let me come in his kitchen and work as a dishwasher and a prep cook and that kind of just made me embrace and see what cooking really was about professionally and then after a few years i went to moved to san francisco and went to california culinary academy and then i had an opportunity to work uh with chef gary danko at my internship and then luckily a couple months later they hired me and so i stayed there for a couple years yeah. mm. <laughs> so where, did, where else did you train san francisco yeah, and then I came back home. Um, I, I probably should have stayed up there a little bit longer, but I came back home and I worked with, um, I worked at Hoku's at Kahala. Oh. And after I worked at Hoku's, um, I did a private chef thing for about a year and a half. And then after that, I got the opportunity to work and open up Rumfire. And then after I was at Rumfire, I had another opportunity where um, Chef Jean-George Von Richten from New York City, the big, big time celebrity chef, he was opening up a restaurant on Kauai at St. Regis Princeville. And so I put my name in the hat. And because I was already working for Starwood Hotels, I figured, you know, I might have an opportunity possibly. I, I thought they were going to hire a chef from New York City and fly him out to Hawaii. But Chef John George likes basically born and raised uh, roots and chefs from the region and wherever he's opening his restaurant. So luckily I flew up. I went to New York City at... I guess I would have to say, if, what was if the question came out? What would be the most intimidating or most uh, biggest day of your moment in your life? I would have to say doing the tasting for Chef John George. That was probably the most um, intense, and I was the most nervous probably in my life cooking for a three-star Michelin chef. You know, who's originally from France, he's got award-winning, you know, places, restaurants around the world, and cooking in his kitchen at uh, Jean George, which. Um, it's just, it's insane. I mean, the kitchen looks like a, like a museum. I mean, everything is just immaculate inside. You, you literally, it's an open kitchen, so you can see everyone working and doing everything. And nobody talks in the kitchen. It's amazing. Normally, you would think that kitchens, you're talking and communicating, but it's more like an orchestra there. And the only one who talks is the chef, and that's it. <laughs> wow. So what, he gave the thumbs up, or did he, what was the yeah. feedback? I mean, <laughs> I mean, his corporate chef, his training chef, uh, is super intense and super talented. And he's the one who does all the menu and recipes. But there was a few things that he wanted me to work toward or work on. But Chef Sean George said he really liked what I presented and what I put together. And I actually flew a product with me from Hawaii. And that's what he really enjoyed and liked. You know, back then we had the, the moi farm. So I flew up moi, Ooh. parts of palm, and all kind of other ingredients that, you know, he was really excited about to have. So... No, that kind of re oh, go ahead. <laughs> did he know the ingredients that you brought up, like the ingredients unique to Hawaii? Did he? Were you? Did you surprise him with anything? Um, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't have the moi before, so that he really liked. But he knew about hearts of palm, and you know, I also brought up. I think I brought up um, the wanabi, right? So the fern shoots. He's they have they have a different type of fiddlehead ferns up there. So, but it was just some of the things that we brought up, he just was very. Um, I think he really enjoyed the fact that I was connected with the farmers and connected with the local ingredients. And so even more so, he decided to go with me and choose me. 
That that whole um, story that you're talking about, how you're all nervous, kind of reminds me of. Um, have you ever watched the movie Ratatouille? <laughs> when they're like yeah, cooking yeah. for the guy, and then 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 like when yes. it taste it, and everyone's like, "Oh, nervous." <laughs> but that's good that he acknowledged that you know your efforts and that you brought the moy. That's the first time he tasted it. But and you know only because I've seen Chef Collins' creations, and also for our listeners out there, Chef Collins is also a fara. <laughs> so like we like to profile outstanding fathers, not just Mata's here on the mothership, but he's also a father. And um, I've seen your creations, Colin, and it's so, it really does reflect your, your extensive background and, and your passion and your connection to, you know, local ingredients. So like mind-blowing how you come up with, you know, the colors and like what goes with what and like the experience that, you know, you're going to have when you take each bite with this and this and it's just, I don't even understand how you think about and create all that stuff. But now you open up your new business called C4 Table, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so, you know, with pandemic, I think it's just been great with eye-opening experiences. And being in the hotels, I've been in the hotels for almost 13 or 14 years. And actually, actually a couple more years. So over 15 years because I was working at Kahala. And, you know, it... At one point in time, you become, I guess, not too complacent, but you become very comfortable with your surroundings and an environment and being in a hotel. Um, you know, you never know, obviously, what's going to happen, right, in the world. And that was a big eye-opener because, honestly, I thought we were going back in June, July. I mean, nobody expected and, and predicted that the pandemic is now gonna be called what an endemic next year mm. after it's three years. And so I always wanted to have my own restaurant um, and it still is my dream and I'm still working toward that, but just starting off um, doing small farmer's market is what I started off. And now I do a lot of catering. And so I cater to Bar Leather Apron. Um, we just do little poo-poos and things like that. But I also do a lot of private caterings and that's where kind of my, my main, um, core is and I do a lot of private events and small weddings and dinners and things like that and you know with with the pandemic it was nice where people got to have an experience because they didn't want to go out and I would go to their home and and do small dinners uh small events you know everything under 20 people at the time and at one point it was only 10 people I could do and but it was fun because it got people to have this experience where they would be able to get pretty much like a fine dining kind of upscale experience and in a way that they didn't have to go out to a restaurant and have that. So yeah, that's so amazing that you're saying that because right now, I mean, it's changed yeah. so drastically the dining experience. And who would have known that you know Alan Wong's would close? Mm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, History, yeah. what the? Exactly. Shocking. Shocking. I mean, it's it's in a way very sad, right, to see a lot of the pioneer chefs and just our evolution of cuisine in Hawaii like it's kind of taken a toll and now recently 12th Avenue Grill just decided to close yeah. too I mean just how many of these restaurants are all you know that we were raised with and what we brought up were brought up with and it's it's sad but in a way it's I guess the way that evolution is taking its toll and now you know the one thing I learned too was how to present and make food that would approach to mainly locals but keep it a little bit different, a little more upscale. And so that's why I came up with the concept with Kana Hate Cuisine and 
you know, that kind of upscale comfort food is what I kind of called it and plating food into go containers. So it doesn't look like it's just like a plate lunch, but giving the value to guests and people within that budget was kind of my, my idea. Very adaptable though. You have to be right for those times or these times. Um, how does it look for the future of, of, of chefs and, and restaurants? What do you think? Well, you know, I think this year is going to be probably another challenging year. And I feel that, you know, we're going to see a new evolution of chefs, you know, being able to either make it or break it or, you know, the ones that can continue to do what they're doing are going to be successful in doing what they're doing. I mean, you just have to kind of flex with what's happening and what's going on. And I think the future is going to, it's going to be good. It's going to be, you know, bright. And, you know, there's been a lot of, I think, local chefs who've been able to come out of the midst of things and change their, and adapt and change their style or change what they're doing. And, you know, for, for me right now, it's just been a lot of, you know, making the find that experience at private events and pop-up events, but more so just more casual comfort food that people want to eat and, and do uh, that I do weekly at, at the markets the farmers markets and the grab and go so man I feel like it's made it's it's totally like forced all the chefs to like really like uh, think differently and and even be more aggressive and it, it, it seems like even more competitive because like I almost like feel like even people who weren't as established are now getting more you know encouraged to oh I got an idea I'm gonna just go and run with it and try it out so it's like it almost seems like you know you're all, you're even seeing new people you know like even yourself the way that you kind of emerged and you're like I'm gonna just go on my own I'm gonna do my own thing and then put put a name on it right like it, it right. it's like I'm seeing a lot of that happening and I feel like it's only the beginning like you know kind of how you're <laughs> kind of describing too but it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would, I definitely agree with you, Stephanie. Yeah. It's just, I, I think it's, it's breaking. It's like breakthroughs of people who were in these big corporate entities or working for another chef deciding or working for another company or business and decide to kind of break off on their own and change out the concept of, you know, a lot of grab and go or takeout or I don't know, like, you know, basically the, uh, um, to go boxes, you know, when we had the kind of the farmer's market and, you know, you know, PSA boxes and meals and everything that was all set for, you know, that when the first pandemic came out, everyone was having far farmers, like, you know, boxes with sauces and, you know, the CSA boxes and things like that. I mean, it's just yeah. different <laughs> to see. It totally is. It's, it's more like, yeah, catering to now what, what is being allowed and what's what's easy easy access you know easy easy for you know going to the people where they're at and that's that's a good idea of being at the farmer markets because you know that's where a lot of folks are going to find the fresh produce and something different and yeah that that is really awesome that you're you're really being established there and congratulations on your success yeah. i mean so amazing and this is just the beginning for you too and you know, just for folks that are listening and the young up-and-comers, um, the young inspiring, aspiring chefs, what, what kind of advice uh, would you have for them? You know, I mean, to even get a start because the way that you got your start, 
I don't know if it's going to work for them in this day and age, right? I mean, you know, great <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's it's just a, a bit different. I mean, I guess the advice I can say is, you know, if if you like anyone in, in any profession or career, if you have a passion and you have a dream and you're willing to put in the time and sacrifice, you know, anything is possible. And um, with, with cooking, you know, you'll never, ever know everything about it. You know, just like any other, you know, home task or home career. Uh, I just feel that with, with nowadays, you have to be able to be a little more flexible and you have to accommodate what people want. And the advice I can give to young chefs or young people up inspiring and um, inspired um, people is that, you know, if you do get to work with a chef or do work with someone who has a lot of experience to soak it all in and, and, and take in that knowledge and information and, and don't be, um, I guess what I'd say, don't feel that if you aren't successful out of the first year or second year that you can't get it because you can, I mean, when I first started off, I was really not very good at cooking at all. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's, it's very, it, it can be an intimidating profession when you get into the kitchen and you see all this big equipment and um, you work at events that have just hundreds and thousands of people. Um, you know, at some point in time, there'll be big functions and big events again. And I think being able to soak in and get into the experience and be able to do one of those events is very, very eye-opening. And um, I think with our culinary programs, it, it, I hope that the students and the kids, um, you know, continue to want to cook or want to be in the culinary arts because it's kind of dying out. I think one of our biggest challenges and everyone's heard about is that it's hard to find workers in, in the field right now. It's, it's, you know, a lot of people are like, hey, why do I want to get paid small amounts of money, work hard late nights, get down and dirty in, in the greasy you know, kitchen atmosphere. And, you know, they're trying to change career paths or change their jobs and change their minds, but you have to really just kind of stick with it. And so I hope that, you know, they can aspire to continue and enjoy cooking. And, and it's not, the other thing is, it's not all what's said and done in the TV and social media. You know, you have to, have some hardships and you have to sacrifice for sure in, in the kitchen. And so for me, that's probably the biggest thing is just being able to sacrifice and take opportunities whenever you can get them. It's not like Hell's Kitchen though, huh? Is that, is that a little dramatized? <laughs> honestly, honestly, when I was first working up and growing out into the kitchens, it was pretty close to some of the, I mean, not exactly the way that he swears and yells right in their face. I mean, I did have all that happened to me from previous chefs I won't say what chefs are where but <laughs> it it definitely was a different time a different place and you know um, probably most chefs and restaurants wouldn't be where they're at if you know HR said <laughs> it's um it's definitely um it's made I think a lot of chefs in my generation or time become the way we, or who we are today because we had those experiences and you know it makes you have thick skin, it makes you be able to flex and have these type of experiences. And so I've just been very fortunate to have a lot of opportunities and, and work for a lot of great chefs and mentors. And it's, I, you can see, our, and I can hear the passion, you know, despite <laughs> all the challenges, you know, I, that's probably one of the hardest jobs to be a chef, let alone a chef that opens their own restaurant and goes out on their own. So thank you for 
you know, pushing forward and doing what you're passionate about and staying passionate about it. Um, do you want to, can you give us more information? Tell our, you know, listeners there about C4, where they can find you or uh, uh, social media or. Yeah. So, um, so at C4 table, you can basically find me on Instagram at C4 table. Um, also, I pop up basically on Tuesdays at the Kaiser farmer's market. Uh, it's from 4 PM to 6 PM. Not there every week, but at least probably at least three to four, uh, three, three, uh, three weeks out of the month over there. And then on Wednesdays, I do uh, grab and go at um, M by uh, Jeremy, Chef Jeremy Shigekane, who has also basically uh, pivoted and taken over Chef Marber, who, who actually retired and bought his restaurant out. So he's been running that for the last two and a half years. And so that's uh, amazing that he and I actually work together at the Royal Hawaiian um and i've kept a great relationship and uh, without him he's basically given me the opportunity to utilize and work, work with through his kitchen so that i can do my caterings and things so um yeah if you ever have a chance you can go and eat at his restaurants um i think he's open from tuesday through saturdays but yeah my grab and go on wednesdays are um from 3 30 p.m to 5 30 i know it's a little short only a few hours each but you can also if you want to do private catering i do a lot of private catering and so you can email us um, at Chef Colin Hazama at uh, c4table.com. Uh, Colin, you don't happen to have a mentorship program by any chance or thinking of starting no, one? Not currently right now, but I, I do aspire to, um, you know, I'm hoping that within the next um, upcoming year that I will be having a, a shop or a spot for sure. Um, I actually was supposed to do something last year, but I decided to kind of put it on hold and uh, wait a little bit, um, which is kind of good because last year to me probably was worse than 2020. <laughs> I feel oh, that. Wow. Yeah, I, I think if you would talk to a lot of the chefs, uh, 2021 was probably one of the most challenging and, and difficult times um, when it peaked up in that summer. And after that, it just kind of changed, right? To the total um, 180 when the Delta variant came in. So that was probably tough. But hopefully, um, yeah, my goal is uh, upcoming coming this upcoming year to. Uh, do something and hopefully it, it happens um, but yeah I do um, I do work with uh, schools and things and I'm I think I'm going to be doing something with our alumni Stephanie for uh, yeah for like the uh, kids um, I, one of the administrative uh, people asked me to do a zoom thing with the students um, for like uh, cooking and I've done like cakey in the kitchen things with a Hawaii food and wine festival uh, and so yeah, yeah, okay, just, no, yeah we, we know you're saying we know we're, <laughs> we know you're giving back to the community thank you yeah <laughs> all right yeah thank you colin and uh you know for folks yeah just check check in with his um instagram and he'll post the updates there but we'd like to end with an inspirational quote can you share one with us yeah yeah definitely so for me um uh, my quote would be like my dreams and aspirations are fulfilled um through uh basically through my um sorry <laughs> my passion um and which has inspired me to cook with my heart and soul day to day is that an original quote no i no, i wrote it up yeah i wrote it yeah wrote it that's, oh, that's that's nice yeah that's yeah that's powerful yeah um oh, and nice. I, I feel that you know basically if if you want to you know conquer your, your, your dreams or goals. You have to just put in the time from the day and every day is a new day. So, you know, if you have a, if you have a dream or a passion for it, you know, go and get it. 
Lots of yep. flavor and seasoning in that in that inspirational yep. quote right well, there. Colin's walking the walk, not just talking the talk, right? Look at him. So everybody check him out. Chef Colin Hazama, so yep. passionate about what he's doing. Yep. And um too, right? I see that you cook quite often too. <laughs> I was gonna say, can she be your first student? I think she oh, really boy. Hey, as long as I don't have to wear a hairnet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> her, her cooking is getting really good. So um, I am looking to eat healthier and looking for more natural recipes that I and I try to concoct those on my own. But that's a whole nother story. But oh man, Colin, thanks so much for joining us. I mean, it, it's great to, to see that you're doing so well. And thank you so much for sharing your journey and awesome to know that we can look for more great things coming from you in the future. We're going to root for you in 2022 and hope that no unforeseen obstacles suddenly pop up. Let's let it be a smooth <laughs> year for everybody. That's what we all want to wish, right? Yeah. All right. Thanks, Stephanie. Thanks, Molly. Yeah. Thanks so thank much, you, Colin. Colin. Yeah. And thank Watch. you to all of our listeners uh, on the mothership and stay tuned for another episode next week. We'll see you then. But until then, Hey, eat well and take the steps to do what you want to do if you so desire. I, I kind of paraphrased that that one. Oh, but... <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Thanks so much, Colin. Take care, everybody. Aloha. Yes. <laughs>